Today is February 19th, and we are here at Zydeco Brew Works. We will be joined by Brian Hoke and Mike Talkman. Let's do it. Let's talk Yanks. Recaps galore, weekly awards, stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two. If anyone wants to give me a beer, I'd be appreciated. Wow. I'll take Jake's, we're good. John Boy Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy Jake. What's going on, everybody? How you guys doing? My name's John Boy, and I am a host of Talking Yanks. I'm joined with Jake, my co-host. We're here at Zydeco Brewworks in Tampa. We've got some people joining us for a live show. Thank you to Ooh. everyone who came out. Yeah. This is our second live show, but our first Talking Yanks live show. So it's good to be surrounded by a bunch of Yankee fans and our true people. Thank you very much. There's okay. Besides well. that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys. Jake, how you doing? And then I'm we can good. introduce Mike. James. And yeah, we've got a, a third co-host, a guest. Yeah. He's running the show today is what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the crowd should be f pretty familiar with him. Uh, outfielder for the New York Yankees, Mike Talkman. How you doing, brother? It's good. Good to be here. Thanks for uh, having me, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming out. And I think uh, we do have to give an early shout out to Roosevelt, who they're Sponsoring our whole spring training trip, and I know you've got... Yeah, give it up for Roosevelt. Yeah. I have a question. Uh, it's an honest question. Jake says Roosevelt's. I say Roosevelt's. Is, is it an either-or thing, or is there a correct... Yeah, man. So Jake's wrong. All right, either-or. We all agree. <laughs> um, and, Mike, you, you've got a little bit of a relationship with them. They were telling me they were... You were one of the first, like... Pro athletes they saw wearing their gear. Did you just find it, or did it just get they to you? They found me, man. I don't know. I like ad targeted Instagram ads. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they're not bad. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think that their analytics department is just as good as the Yankees. They just went out and, like, who's yeah. going to be a stud? Yep. And they found them. That's a really good get. And they found us. Yeah. They <laughs> was wonderful. A little bit One different path. All right. How you doing, Mike? Doing good? real good. Good. Really good. I know. You said this was your first time really doing this. You're, you've played in front of a lot more people than this. Yeah, a um, couple. But uh, this is new for, for all three of us here. So <laughs> my first question for you is long off season. We know you dug your teeth into Game of Thrones, the books and the shows. Sure. Did you binge watch anything? Uh, Did you binge read anything? Yes. I, I watched a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, so I, I did a new season of Peaky Blinders in like a day. It's great. Okay. Yeah, and it was the first time that it was like a cliffhanger too. Like usually it like wraps up real nice. It's very so. satisfying. It did not as satisfying. Yeah. This time. Um, yeah. I did The Mandalorian, okay. which I really liked. I did uh, Watchmen on HBO, which was excellent. Um, there's a show called Hunters coming out like in two days on Amazon the, the, Prime. That I think was really the, good. It's like Nazi Al Hunters. Yeah, that looks I think good. that's gonna look awesome. Um, what about The Witcher? Did you get into that? So. <laughs> uh -oh. so I started it. I was on a like a, a Southwest flight to Arizona, and like ten minutes in, there was like some nudity, and I was like, okay, 
probably not the best for like a commercial flight. Yes, yes. So I shut it down. I haven't picked it back up yet. But oh, I yeah. do. I do plan on watching it. That's cu- always crazy that they just show nudity on airplanes. Who's who's the? Oh uh, no, it was like my own iPad. It was like a person. Oh, but I was like, oh yeah, you can't do that. that. You can't do that. Yeah, I've I've been in that position. Uh, what what's the what's the TV crew on the Yanks now? Because I know CC kind of led the way with that, like R two C two, Game of Thrones, all of that. Yeah. I mean, I I know it was you. Britain was on there. I think Cameron Maven. Is there like a new? TV, Netflix posse that checks in or what? I mean, we got we have some good show guys on the team. Cece was an all-timer, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> so his presence will uh, be missed in a lot of ways, but that's a big one. Um, Harky, right? Like Har- Cece said, Harky watches everything. Harky, like, he watches, like, TV, like, in the gym. I don't know how, <laughs> like, he's, like, bench pressing. He's, like, watching, like, he binge-watching shows. <laughs> I've never seen it before. It's, uh, and he's, he's really strong, too, but, um. Yeah, we got a good crew. We got a good crew of TV guys, and a lot of uh, Britain is sneaky, a lot of shows. Adovino, sneaky, a lot of shows. Tommy. We got a good group. This, was your, this is your first, like, spring training with the Yankees. Last year you came late. I think there might have been a couple days, or were there even? No. No. So is there any difference that you've noticed right away from Yankee spring training to Rockies? Um, well, I mean, first of all, just – in um, the Rockies, we were in Scottsdale, and it's just one complex. So everybody's together, one weight room, everybody's together, one cafeteria. Um, obviously, like, there's a, there is two different locker rooms, but um, so it can be a lot more overwhelming in terms of how many people just are there on a given day. Um, you know, but there's a lot of that stuff that you just have to do in spring training that I'm sure all, all 30 teams do. Like, you have to practice bun defense. You have to, you know, practice, like, throwing a cutoff men and stuff like that. And, you know, pretty since the game started in, like, three or four days, you have to get into facing live pitching right away. So there's a lot of similarities, you know, on the first couple of days. Like, maybe if it was – if we were three, four weeks in, I probably could answer that a little bit better. But it's pretty similar to this point. I mean, with the Rockies, you never had to do live BP in the first five days against Garrett Cole. No, never. No, that's a little difficult. It's a little never. different. Yeah, I'm, he's, I'm really happy that he's on our team. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, we saw you step in against him today. You got one. Um, putting a ball in play. On the first live BP, that's a win. Okay. Yeah. Like, I just didn't, and I've never had a live BP with, like, 300 people watching either. <laughs> and, like, cheering against me. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I was clearly. like, I'm in a big lose-lose situation here because. <laughs> Isn't that field creepy, field number two? I mean, that's honestly the first time I've been out there, so I didn't really take it in. Like, like my only focus was, like, don't embarrass myself against okay. Gary Cole right now. All so. right. It's so That's quiet. It's like 400 <laughs> silent people. It's like, oh, my God. Someone clap, someone cheer. Those Yankee fans are really good fans. They were just locked in. There you go. It's true. It's good. Nice save. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, when, when I introduced you, I said outfielder Mike Talkman. And you, you played all the outfield positions last year, and I think you have pretty much throughout. Is there one you feel more comfortable with, or you just head down, put me in the game, coach, or little column A, little column B? Um, so I think naturally, if anybody – like plays all three or has multiple positions and one of those is center field. I think everybody's always going to say that. You and I grew ball. up, I grew up watching like Ken Griffey Jr. So like center field, like him out there, like he was the guy and I had the swing down and the bat drop and the backwards hat. Like <laughs> he was the guy yeah. when I was growing up. Um, 
So center field will always be, like, I always take pride. Like, I want to be able to play center field as long as I can and as long as somebody will let me, and I take a lot of pride in that. Um, I did play a lot of left field in college, so just from, an, like, a volume inning standpoint, I've probably seen the most amount of time there, so the comfort level's there. Sure. Um, right field is similar to, but that's probably, of the three spots, the spot that I've seen the least amount of action in. But if they tell me to go out somewhere... I'm not going to give him a chance to, like, take it back. I just <laughs> right. go and run out there. Go. So, speaking of wanting to play center field for a while, your teammate now is Brett Gardner. Sure. Is a monster out there. Oh, yeah. And he's been, what is it, 11th, 12th year with the team and still Roman center field and still as fast as ever. Is that a guy that you see him and you're like, let me pick his brain about this? Absolutely. Um, I pick his brain a lot just because of, um, you know, number one, the experience that he has. I mean, that guy – World Series, playing for 10 years in, in Yankee Stadium, which, you know, it's not easy to do. And to have the level of success that he has, of course I'm going to pick his brain. You know, he's left-handed hitter. He usually hits in front of me in the lineup. So, you know, any opportunity that I have to, you know, hey, what would you see? How's this guy's stuff move? What's it looking like? I mean, I do that almost uh, probably after every at-bat he has. I, I'm in his ear at, or, you know, talking to him. Um, he does a great job of kind of leading the outfield from center, um, you know, whether it's, you know, moving myself or Clint or Judge or if, like, Tyler Wade's out there or Tyro or whoever. Like, we had a million outfield guys have to play the outfield last a year. Ton. And, but he was kind of the mainstay. So, you know, I don't think it can be, um, you know, overstated how important he is in that spot, you know, sort of leading verbally but also leading by example. Did you know... So we talked with Phil Hughes. He came on the show, and he said when he went to the Twins, a lot of people were like, so what's Gardner like? Is he really like a jerk? Because he's got this kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, like red-ass If you like, see him on the other reputation. team, he's, he's walking tall. But then all the Yankees say he's the biggest prankster, biggest jokester. But then also he's the biggest shit talker in the field. So like, where you were like, who the hell is this guy? I mean, he's just kind of... Like, he, when he came up, it was just, I think it was a little bit different, man. Like, you, there was a lot more chirping. There was a lot more, you know, kind of instigating. And I love it. I yeah. mean, it, I, I love it. It's, it's you know, it's, I, guy, having guys like that in the clubhouse leading the team, they know when the team kind of needs a kick in the butt. They know when, you know, the team needs to relax and have – you know, remember that we're playing baseball, and that's something we love to do. Um, you know, how to have a great time playing baseball, but then also be a professional. Because, I mean, he's ultimately he's a professional, and I've been with him for, like, one season. I've probably learned just as much from him as I am any other teammate. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Gard- Guardy is a unique guy, and the, the Yankees, as a lot of these people know, um, you know, so many of the guys have come up through the organization, and we, we talked about it a little bit on the side, but you've, you had one of the weirder introductions to a team ever. If, if the people don't know, uh, the Yankees traded for you right before the start of last season. Um, and like we talked about, you, I mean, it was after spring training, you showed up, and I mean, I, I don't know, did you know any of the guys? I, I'm assuming you knew a little bit of the Rockies guys, but what... What was that like? Was it just like a firm handshake, let's go to work? Or was, was it, were they feeling you out? Or how did that go down? Um, so when I got traded, I didn't know, like, am I going to AAA? 
Right. Like, I mean, the big league, I didn't know anything that was going on. And, I mean, it was literally, you know, noon in Phoenix on a Wednesday, and I have to be in Washington, D.C. for an exhibition game right. tomorrow. So, I mean, or, or, or Friday. So I flew out, kind of took the whole day to fly across the country, whatever, get to D.C. the next morning. We had that game. And fortunately, I knew Adam Adovino. I knew DJ LeMahieu from the Rockies. So that at least made it a little less weird. But, right. you know, met Aaron Boone. Still didn't know if I was on the team or not. <laughs> and, um, you know, met some of the guys. And I will say it really, really mattered to me. But uh, during batting practice in Washington, Aaron Judge ran over from center field, took it upon himself to introduce himself. You know, really happy to have you. Really excited. We're going to have a great year, all this stuff. If you need anything, let me know. And that honestly made a huge difference. But, um, you know, not to single him out, but everybody was great. Very nice. But, and then we were taking the train back to New York, and I just, like, got on the train. I was like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'll follow I'm just going to keep showing up <laughs> yeah. until somebody, like, tells me something. So That's what I do. Yeah. Um, and then next thing I know, I'm kind of just, like, looking around on the line at opening day at Yankee Stadium. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm on the team. Let's do this. So that was it? There was no conversation, like, to not solidify like, it? Not like a f- I feel like there wasn't, like, officially. But it was kind of like, okay, well, like, there's only 25 people here, and I'm one of the 25. <laughs> yeah. so, like, one, two, three. I did. Three. I was, like, counting, like, okay, like, <laughs> Yeah, but that's crazy, man. But yeah, it, I mean, it was an absolute whirlwind, forty-eight, seventy-two hours or whatever. But you know, it was, it was a lot. I mean, it was literally picking up, moving across the country, and having to go to work right away. So yeah. it was it was crazy. Yeah, and then from there, I mean, you, you I, I don't remember exactly. You played for a little. You go down to AAA, and then there was a, a double header where you were the twenty-sixth man. And it wasn't there a story you had to borrow Wade's car. Or no, something? so. When I got optioned, the AAA team had an off day the next day because they were traveling to Indianapolis. So I was like, can I just, like, go home? I live in Chicago. So I was like, can I just go home and get my car, spend the day at home, and then meet the team? Um, so they're like, yeah, whatever. So got, uh, flew out that night, got home, spent the day at home. The next morning, I drive down to Indianapolis. I walk in. Jay Bell's the manager. Um, I was like, hey, you know, I'm, like, talking to him. He's like, hey. You got to go get on a plane and go to uh, New York to play this doubleheader or whatever. Like, all right. And I think, like, my equipment made it, but, like, my bats didn't. But I was like, oh, I left a few bats in New York. And then so I flew out, got to New York. And the club was like, well, I sent you all your bats to Scranton. So I had zero baseball. I used DJs. I thought it would have more hits. It only had one hit in it. But, like, I thought it would have three or four hits in it, like its bats usually do. But... um, (laughs) But then played, from there, there was no looking back. Played all 18 innings. And, no, I went back down. And then I came up for, like, a week around Father's Day. And then I went back down. And then right before London is the last time that I went up. And that was, like, the plane was leaving in, like, three hours. And I was in Scranton. They're like, you got to get up to New York because we're going to London. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Grab your pass. Let's awesome. go. <laughs> yeah. So, Damn. I mean, the whole year was just, like, an absolute whirlwind. And I, went, I wouldn't trade it for anything. But... It was crazy, and that first week of the offseason, I, I didn't get off the couch. <laughs> there you go. There was a time where you were, like, the dude. Like, you won the fan base over. You were, like, the energizer, like, screaming when you hit doubles, screaming when you hit triples. Did it ever kind of, like, settle in, and you're like, I'm here, I'm doing it, this is it? 
Um, I mean, everybody knows when they're going well. Yeah. You know, but it was, it was like, I didn't even want to, like, stop and think about it. I was just, like, just try to keep, like, every day just sort of getting that routine because I think that's one of the hardest things to do when you're transitioning from, you know, a minor league player to a major league player. There's not many, like, you know, and this is, like, a compliment to him, but there's not many, like, Glaber Torres out there that just show up and they're in the starting lineup and they play forever because there's not that many guys that are that good, Yeah, you know? So most guys have to kind of go from being a middle-of-the-order guy in AAA where they're producing, playing every day, kind to more of a bench role in the big leagues. And that's a hard transition to make, especially when, you know, every bullpen pitcher now or every, you know, if you're in a pinch hit or everything you're doing, these guys are throwing 98 miles an hour, you might get one at-bat a week. Like, that's not an easy easy job. So as you get more at-bats, you start to get a little bit more comfortable, and then you finally get to a spot where you feel that you can play your game, and you feel like you're actually yourself out there. And that's a really hard place to get to, I think. Um, and fortunately, um, kind of got that opportunity this year a little bit, or uh, this past year. Um, but it was... I mean, that was a great stretch, and we were winning a lot of games, too, which, you know, with guys like Mike Ford and Tyro Estrada and Tyler Wade and guys that, uh, like Kyle Higashioka, I think, had a two-homer game in, in Baltimore. Yeah. Guys that, like, you know, I don't think, like, Aaron Boone, when he looked at his roster at the beginning of the year, was like, these are going to be my guys. So, I mean, it just, we, we, we loved it, we embraced it, and it was, it was a blast. How, uh, this is a baseball dive. Then we might get into some more silly stuff with you. You, you have really good numbers against lefties, and you are a lefty. Is that, do you think it's something to your approach? Is that something you've dedicated time to? Um, well. Or just see the ball, hit the ball, baby. I don't want to give away too many secrets. <laughs> it's not going to help me. But. <laughs> it's too late. Um, so, like, right-handed pitchers, usually, when you get your scouting report, what do right-handed pitchers throw left-handed pitchers? Well, fastball, changeup, curveball, slider, standard, whatever. And that's four pitches. So I have a one in four chance of guessing what I'm going to get. Sure. When I face a left-handed pitching pitcher, they're going to throw me a fastball or a breaking ball. So 50-50 is a lot better. Yeah. yeah. And if I can guess right, I try to guess one of the first two pitches right and just swing, and it went well. But, I mean, it, I try to dive into some other stuff, too, but the reality is try to make your plan as simple as you can. The more, you, the more simple you can make your approach, the more simple you can, you know, repeat your mechanics or the more simple thoughts you can have in the batter's box, I think the more, the more chance of success you have. Yeah, 50-50, pretty good odds. Flipping a coin, man. 100's really good, but we're not getting into Astro stuff. Oh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Something's wrong with the mic. Um, <laughs> I, I said getting sillier. Were you rooting for San Francisco in the Super Bowl this year? Um, kind of, yeah, a yeah. little bit. I mean, that was obviously really cool, you know, um, having somebody on the team that I competed against right. yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, let them let know what you're referencing. Yeah, I, th I think most of the people do know. What, what, you intercepted Jimmy G and you beat him playing quarterback? Is that he it? was a year younger than me. Yeah, we um, we were in the same like high school conference, and um, you know we we played each other. My team came out on top that day. There nice. you go. Good team and, reference. Uh, you know, then Jimmy got really really good at football. Yeah, and he's 
doing really well. Well, because we, so. we, we were thinking about that, and it is, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun anecdote about you. It's gonna be brought up forever. And then I was thinking, like, wait, he was in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. If, if I was the dude that picked him off or beat him, I'd be sitting there like, yo, win that game, so I can tell everybody. Oh, by the way, it, it's a good throwaway line. Like, <laughs> take a sip of your beer. Yeah, I beat Jimmy Garoppolo, Super Bowl quarterback, uh, whatever. Yeah, what? no, but you know. I thought I, I was I was ultimately I was rooting for him to do well. I do I am an Andy Reid fan, so oh, okay. I would I did want to see him get one, yeah. but so I had a little bit. But ultimately, I would win. Win for you. It was a win. I was just hoping <laughs> for a good go. game. I made some really good Italian beef that day, so Ooh. everybody won. That was, uh, was Lake Zurich. Was Lake Zurich in that conference? That Lake in? Zurich was not, but we did play them. I live there. Oh just, yeah. No question. Just letting you know, we're neighbors basically. <laughs> basically. Basically. From 2000 to 2003. A little bit before my time. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Damn. okay. Damn. Tough break. <laughs> Tough break for Mr. Gray, man. How many times have you watched uh, you rob that home run in Baltimore on loop? You can be honest. No one's listening. No one's. This is an honest spot. I watch it every now and then. Yeah, got um, it. It's one of the cleaner robbed home runs. I watched it again yeah, today. I mean, it's a good one. That's like when I was 10 years old and my dad would like throw the ball so I could perfectly rob it and feel yeah. good about myself. It was the cleanest, like, you pulled it back, full extension over. It's got to feel good. It was just one of those things where the stars just kind of aligned. Like, the ball was perfectly backspun. It was kind of that perfect height. It wasn't that far over the fence. It's not a particularly tall fence in Baltimore. Um, And I didn't really ever have to deviate off my route. Like, yeah, the ball was almost there. straight over my head. I ran straight back. And it, it just, there wasn't really anybody in that first row to, like, knock my arm away in any sort of a way. So it was just, just kind of like everything that had, like, there was, like, 12 things that had to go right, and they all went right. And that rarely happens, but I'm not complaining about it. Did you save the ball? Or was no, it I not chucked it back Yeah, in. it wasn't the last out. Yeah. No, no, no. Did Tarpley give you a big thank you or anything? Yeah, he did. On the mound, he was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, like, it, was just, it was just a crazy once-in-a-blue-moon type play. I have a question about last year's Yankees. Everyone got hurt, as we all know, and eventually it hits you at the end there. Is there any playing in fear, like, leading up? Like, holy shit, Whoa. it's going around. It's heavy. <sighs> no, I mean, I don't think so because I think that – that doesn't – the more things you think about, like, the harder it's going to be to do your job. So I think that you trust your preparation, you trust the stuff you're doing, and then a lot of the guys – a lot of, I mean, Major League Baseball players, despite, you know, I know we don't look like guys in the NFL or – the NBA in terms of just pure athleticism and like some and, and whatever, but we're really good athletes and guys that are really good athletes, when they try not to get hurt, that's when bad stuff happens. Yeah, tighten when up. you play loose and free, when you let it happen. I mean, how many times do you see, you know, the NFL receiver Julian Edelman or whatever go across the middle and take a huge hit and a catch and he pops right back up because he's going across fearless. He's loose. He catches the ball. It is what it is. But it's that guy that's. To me, it's like if you're playing scared, you're not going to be able to, op- to perform optimally. So, makes sense. You, uh, 
Was it tough? Like, you still made that play, which was cool, by the way. When you got hurt, came up limping, you still threw the ball in, right? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I had to. Had to. That's, job. That's the job. That's how it goes, man. And then grinding your way back to be ready for the postseason, you kind of surprised everyone. It was like, oh, he's good to go again? Same with Hicksy. Mm-hmm. That was just the mentality of the whole season, really. Like, Did you and Hicks have a sidebar like, yo, let's get back? <laughs> <laughs> Looks uh, like they're having fun. Let's join them. <laughs> let's yeah, do we were kind of like two ships passing in the night in uh, Tampa because he, he, was, he was heading back up to New York for the LCS, and I think we were, we were down like one day, and, and I saw him, and it was like, what's going on, man? Like, <laughs> you go. He's like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, All right, cool. Well, hopefully I'll see you. But um, no, you know, I mean, they gave me – like, the door was open an inch, and I'm like, that's all I need to hear. And, you know, I think with an injury, if you look at the finish line, it's going to feel like it's for, like a, you're running a marathon. But I really tried just to take it one day at a time, and it was, you know, obviously super frustrating, you know, sitting in a hotel in Times Square watching us play, you know, the Rangers on that last road trip or the Tigers or the Rays, whoever it was, and just not being there, sitting at a – you know, sitting at a bar and the guys next to me are talking about the Yankees and I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, why am I here, you know? <laughs> I am, it, it, I it am was incredi- Or, you know, obviously, like, it was so, it was so great to be a part of um, when we clinched the American League East, but I'd be lying if I didn't say there was, like, a little part of me that's like, man, like, I should, I should be out there yeah, right yeah. now, you know? And, 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 and um, at the same time, it's motivating as hell, you know, to, to go into the offseason and say, you know, I, and I think a lot of our guys did that. We, you know, we have some unfinished business. So um, you, try to, you try to learn from it. You try to, you know, better yourself as much as you can. But, you know, I think that's what makes our group so great is, we, is it's a group of guys that's just always trying to better themselves and, and, and you know, be the best versions of ourselves and, and compete on a you know given night. Yeah, I, I got a heavy analytics question for you. Wow, rain delay. What are you doing? Rain delay? Yeah. What's your rain delay game plan? <sighs> Ideally. So I try not to just keep eating. Okay. Like I try not That's to. That's mine keep and eating. Jake's life. <laughs> That's the twenty-four-seven plan. Um, but realistically. Watch TV, play on my phone, talk to the guys. Um, you know, try to keep it light, but also, you know, sometimes you know, like, hey, this is going to be a rain delay that's this amount of time, and then we're going to go back. And sometimes it's like, either cancel the game or tell us when we're playing. Right. Because, yeah. like, I don't want to sit here, you know, all night. But we were, I think, really good in, in rain delays this year. Like, we had the game that uh, Geo hit the homer. In Seattle, like off in against Seattle, I think, in the ninth, and then DJ won it. I think an inning later, I think there was another one maybe against the Rays that Geo won. Like we, were, we did a pretty good job with rain delays this year, which is which is Ra- great. Rain delays and double headers. Yeah, twenty nineteen yeah. Yankees were great at them. Openers, mental toughness, right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a one last one for you, unless Jake has any. We had Higgy on the show today. Yeah, uh, it hasn't been released yet. We were talking about how. He hit the home run. John Sterling gives him the home run call. Uh, Higashioka, the home run stroka. It's the best one. It's the best it's good, one. It's the right? Best one. It's the best one. And we asked him, he's like, I didn't even know I got one. He thought just, <laughs> he just thought the big guys got one. So when you hit a home run, do you know that that's a Yankees thing, that Sterling's going to give you a unique call? 
Or do people just start calling you Sock Man and you're like, what the so, hell? I learned it when I got here. Like, okay. Because, you know, I don't listen to New York radio. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, why would I? Um, so I, like, learned that, you know, this is, like, John's been doing it forever. And he has all these, you know, sayings. And I heard it. And I'll be honest, my first initial reaction was, like, I don't what know. does that mean? It's bizarre. I don't think he thought I was ever going to hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> he improvised. And I he was does like, that sometimes. And then Tommy Canely got me on it because he just would scream it at me <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, all right. Like, it kind of just became like, my, and I'm like, I could either embrace it yeah. and have fun with it. And now it's like, uh, it's like, it's gone. It's what, it's what probably two thirds of my teammates just call me. The sock so, man. Sock man. That's the power John Sterling has. It is. He's, I mean, that's what, 40 years or whatever will yeah. get you. Do you is know it, what DJ LeMahieu's is? Yeah, it's like uh, David John, long gone. And I didn't know that was DJ's Oh, name. really? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's uh, David John makes long gone. Okay. Which is just even to, weirder. Just to add to the nonsense. I like it. It's I like my it. favorite bad John Sterling call. Isn't there, is there a clip of Canely screaming Sockman from after the bullpen? E- after every home run, you can hear Canely <laughs> screaming Sockman. So, if you've got a good Canely story, we could end it there. Okay. Um, so, we were in Baltimore. It was that same series when I robbed a home run. And we had, uh, they had like one of those, uh, like, just rain came in like crazy. I think it delayed the start of the game by like 30, 35 minutes. And um, it wasn't a very well-attended game. So, you know, the game started late. Sixth, seventh inning rolls around. I'm walking up to the plate. And it, in Baltimore, the bullpen is uh, over, like, the left center field fence. And there's, like, two levels. There's, uh, like, the home bullpen. And above it is the visitor's bullpen. And I'm, like, walking up to the plate in, like, a major league baseball game in, like, a stadium. And all of a sudden, I just hear... Sock man. <laughs> and I'm like, look, and like 500 feet away is Tommy, like standing in the bullpen, like with his arms up in the air. You know what? That was his birthday, and he had thrown two days in a row, so he knew he wasn't pitching. <laughs> so I remember that. He was just running around, like partying. Yeah. He was game. like just absolutely screaming, and I'm just like, I like step out, and I like look at him, like <laughs> kind of busy right now, man, you know? <laughs> But I was kind of, I was telling you earlier, in all seriousness, you don't always get teammates who are always truly 100% rooting for your success. You know, like sometimes there's, because in the minor leagues, it's, it's honestly, it's about competition. And it's, it's, there's so few spots in the big leagues and guys like coming over trying to make it. Tommy Canely whether you're a bullpen guy, whether you're a catcher, starting pitcher, infield, outfield, whoever it is, if you are on his team, he loves you 100%. He 100% wants you to have as much success as you can and, like, honestly is, like, one of the best teammates I've ever had. He's, he's a little kooky, <laughs> but he's honestly, like, one of, like, my favorite teammates of it because I can, you can genuinely tell he wants everyone at their best all the time rooting for your success all the time. Damn. And that's, that's, awesome. that's honestly more rare than you might think. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think unless you got anything for us, you're good, man. I'm good, man. Do I look like Tyler Wade? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, cut the mic. Cut the mic. 
Um, Does Tommy Canely say 100 times more words than DJ LeMayhew in, in the course <laughs> of a season? If you had to multiply it. In a, yeah, probably. A <laughs> in a day, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh. Thank you very much for joining Everybody, us, man. Mike, we appreciate Mike that. talk, man. We'll call Brian Hoke up. Brian Hoke to the stage. Brian Hoke, you're needed at the stage. All right, we are back for part two of our live show at Zydeco Brew Works, and we are now joined by an old and great friend, Brian Hoke, writer for MLB.com, <laughs> author of Baby Bombers and Mission 27. How are you doing? Great. How do, why do you make me follow Mike Talkman? How am it's I going to follow that up? That's Not fair. We, whenever we have you on, we talk for so long, so we were like, we'll, we'll let him leave, and then he doesn't want to hear all this. Quick, quick story for everyone. He had someone better to be than this? He's got to no. go watch some TV. Oh, He's got to okay. get his yeah, 10 yeah. hours in. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So quick little uh, history here. Two seasons ago, uh, Jake and I started saying, hey, let's try to do this as a real thing, right? So we went to spring training. We had no plans. We had no credibility or clout or anything. DM'd Brian Hoke, asked if we would do uh, an interview about his book, and he said yes, and I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, he has no business saying yes to this. And we sat at the last row at Steinbrenner Field before a game as they were doing batting practice. Uh, my little brother uh, recorded it. We had mics. We, Jake and I were sharing a mic. Yeah. I was so nervous. We got to 20 minutes, and I just stopped it because I thought I was wasting all of your time. And then we ended up talking for another 20 minutes. That would have been really great content. But I, awesome. I cut the mics. And they that were was like, the good stuff, yeah. They were like, why didn't you keep going? And it's like, because I have no idea what I'm doing. And two years later, this is, this is a bit different. That's a bit more exciting. So we thank you all for joining us today and listening live. And Hoke has been awesome to us from the start. So we're really glad to have him sit down with us and uh, cut it up. So this is actually my fault. The fact that we're all here. Yeah. yeah if like you if, said if no. I just deleted that. We would have yeah. folded up. Would have quit. We don't do this. Yeah. Would have quit. Can't, won't even use us to promote his book. We're out of here. And the Houston Astros had nothing to do with it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We can talk Houston now if you're interested in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do, where Why? Do you what happened to? in Houston? Yeah, I that's haven't what heard I'm saying. anything about I don't think they did anything wrong. Um, Jake's been harping on it. He's like, I'm on their side. <laughs> I've decided to. Oh, you're I've pro decided, Yeah, I've decided you're to switch sides. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> might, as, might as well get hated. Somebody's got to, right? How uh, how are you doing? How was your off season? My off season was good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love being down here in Tampa. Sure. Tampa. I mean, this is my second home. Right. Like, yeah. You, if you go back and count, I've covered the Yankees since 2007. Okay. So we're talking the Joe Torre, Joe Torre's final year, the entire Joe Girardi era, now into the Aaron Boone era. Two months every year, how much time have I lived in the, the state of Florida? You're a local. A state that I have never lived in yeah. legally. I've been here for years. So, yeah, two this months is home. Every, two this, months every year, something like that? Two months every year, and plus every trip to play the Rays right. three times a year. What's so. your living situation? Do you have, like, a, what's a your house home that what, you rent? What's your home address? What is my address? What, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to come over? Yes. <laughs> um, a lot of the reporters down here will stay in um, kind of – um, apartment complexes some stay in hotels but we are in an apartment complex and this year we are in kind of the yankee frat house um, wow. yeah i asked the yankees to help us get a place we couldn't stay in our number one choice and so now every time i go down to the pool chad green's there tommy canely's there they're sunning themselves after practice and 
just, yeah. just please, just tell us where it just. <laughs> no, just I'll send you pictures okay. later. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we'll do that. DM oh. me that address. <laughs> <laughs> Chad yeah. Green's in the pool. Oh yeah, man, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking, right? Now, Tommy Canley in this an is, echoey pool hotel is, pool room. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. loud, huh? Well, we were out on the balcony. Chad wears earplugs. Tell me he does. <laughs> We were out on the balcony like two days ago, and Tommy's up there from his balcony yelling down, "How's the water?" Like, <laughs> so yeah, no how, Yankee how was frat it? house, Yankee frat house. That's cool. That's the water, fun. The water was good. We we stayed in a hotel the first time, and I will never do that again. Really? This was like ten days. But now we're in an RV but that's don't, smaller. But don't you like having somebody to come in and clean up after you? That's the best part of staying in a hotel. Yeah. No. Yeah, just throw your crap everywhere. Yeah, that somebody Jake else has done that in shotgun of the RV. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. all put our clothes away, all nice and neatly, in I all the cabinets, was, and he's just it put was, his clothes. It in was shotgun. a really good Jake move. So I'm we, not usually Team Jake, but this <laughs> one I you. am, man. Make we, a mess. Uh, like it was life's a, too short to clean up. It was honestly genius. We all got in the RV. We started loading all the cabinets because we're like, let's use the space. Yeah. So I started doing busy work everywhere else. So they loaded all the cabinets. We left so, a whole section of cabinets for you. It doesn't matter. Either way, <laughs> the the front seat of the RV has been taken over, and I'm at home. But where do you guys sleep? Like, it's it's just one king bed? And no, you no, all, there's you four beds. You all snuggle or what? We will be snuggling because there's going to be six of us on there at one point. Uh-huh. But there's four beds. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Bill, <laughs> who's <laughs> Bill, like commandeered the one bed, turns out super uncomfortable, so mm. it sucks for him. <laughs> yeah, there's four beds. We're using one. Um, pants, ha- no pants. What's what's the situation? Yes. There? Yeah. <laughs> How, uh, hard. Yes. How's I? Uh, this is an Are easy one. Are we going to talk about baseball? We can yeah, talk I have about a question. I'm going to skip yeah. whatever Jake's question okay, was. Okay, that's fair. The first time we talked to you, we asked about the difference of a Boone Run camp and a Girardi Run camp. What did I say? That it was much looser, much freer, and I think that was the general consensus. Yeah. And then last year it tightened up a little bit. Is, was also, but is this year different feel or vibe, or is there more? Still early. Yeah, it's still early. Um, I haven't sensed any great difference from last year. Um, I, I think that's kind of the status quo. I mean, the biggest change, I guess, is you've got different coaches running the show now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have Larry Rothschild there, you know, grumpy Larry standing in the bullpen watching everybody, and now it's they've got all this high-tech analytics gear um, it, it's really gone to a different level with the Rapsodo machine and stuff, and, and they are just charting all the data. Um, you know, you haven't really seen what the training staff changes have been so far. I know they're making changes, and they're doing that quietly behind the scenes with Eric Cressy coming in, but um, I, I think the most noticeable thing I've seen so far is that Matt Blake and the analytics crew, they are taking over, and so whereas Larry was kind of a blend of the old school and new school, I mean, they are just straight ahead, you know, full speed ahead, new school right now, and um, they, they put all their chips in on that. And so I think that's the biggest difference I've seen so far is just there's so much technology around now. They have so many new coaches because, like you said, the strength and conditioning, which we haven't seen yet, but – and you mentioned Matt Blake, who we pronounce Matt Blake. Matt Blake. Matt Blake. <laughs> Sounds um, better when it's Southern. Yeah. Matt Blake. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then – I'm going to mess up his name again. Tanner Swanson. I want to say Carlson every Swenson, time. Swanson. And he's been really nice Sammy, to me. Slappy Sammy. Yeah, yeah. Samson. Samson. I was way off. <laughs> uh, he's like bringing Did anybody this. get that or no? Raise your hand if you understood <laughs> oh, the Dumb on. and Dumber reference. Dumb and Dumber. Holy cow, you only got two hands. Felt I got it. It yeah. came yeah. out in what, 94? Like, uh. Yeah, 94, best year for movies. We should have talked. Uh, I agree. Okay. You I agree? agree. 
Is everyone yeah. agree? 94 best year for life. Whoa. No, I was five. Not bad. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yankees were bad. Oh, well. That was a strike. That was a strike. Ooh. The Yankees were good. The, Yan- the 94 Yankees might have played the Expos in that World Series. We should do Go a back. fake 30 for 30 on that. We could totally What could do have that. been? That would have saved baseball in Montreal. Well, are you rooting for that? Uh, do you base- think the Rays should leave Tampa? No. Whoa. Okay. No. Well, anyway, what I was saying Easy. is the catching no. coach is. I love bring- the idea of Montreal. Yeah, okay. All right. yeah. Anyway, go Same. ahead. There's a lot of changes to the philosophy of this team where does it, in my mind, you can build the narrative, and I don't know if this is true or not. The first year with Boone, Larry was guiding him as like, you know, I've managed before, I've been around this team before, and you could see it wasn't the bench coach next to Boone's side during games or spring training. It was Larry. Mm-hmm. And now that he's kind of moved on from Larry and we have all these new guys – is the whole thing kind of shifting now where, like, it seems like it is, but is, is Boone part of the shift? <laughs> is he welcoming it? Whoa. Or is he like, what is this? I think that first year you saw Aaron Boone kind of trying to figure out who he was as a major league manager. And he had a great team, so it was kind of like, here's the keys to the Porsche, don't wreck it, you know? Yeah. And, and he did it. He kept between the white lines, and they did okay, and it was fine. And uh, last year, I think you saw more of who Boone wants to be as a manager. The whole savages in the box thing. Yeah. He was really more vociferous with the umpires, um, chirping from the top step. We didn't see that in 2018. Not, no, he, not he, as much. He got ejected like twice in, yeah. in uh, 2018, but it was, it was weird ones. I think he was more comfortable in his own skin last year, and, and that's to be expected. I mean, he'd never done it at any level. He'd never coached. he never managed. And you get thrown in, and suddenly you're the manager of the New York Yankees. And I know he played for the Yankees for, what, a half season? But it's different when you're the guy in that chair. And so he got a full year in 18. 19, I think you saw more of who Aaron Boone will be and wants to be. And 20, I mean, once again, he's got the Porsche. Don't wreck it. Yeah. And also, uh, Topper, Rob Thompson, Mm -hmm. he scheduled out spring training under Joe Girardi for like a decade. Yeah. Like every day. Who's going to go on this field? Who's going to get that field? So Boone didn't take over that. So who? Who? Because they're changing it now from the last two years. Do we right. know who's doing that now? I think like, Carlos Mendoza is still going to have a big hand in that. Okay. I, I think it's it's kind of a more collaborative thing than Tom's. Uh, you know, Tom's wanted full control of that. And uh, you know, Boone's. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what it's going to be because Boone and Girardi. Whenever we'd ask a question about the pitches, it was well, you know, I got to go ask Larry. Got to ask Larry about that. And now Larry's not here, and so. Can we ask Matt Blake? Uh, Matt Blake. <laughs> Matt Blake. <laughs> um, I assume we can, but I, I think that, uh, you know, Matt Blake is going to be back in that situation now where, look, we've never seen this guy as a major league pitching coach. He's never worn a major league uniform. And so, I mean, he's 34 years old. So I, I think that uh, that's going to be a growing experience too, um, similar to what Boone went through in 2018. Well, that's interesting. You, you mentioned a growing experience in Matt Blake being the pitching coach and Larry being gone, and I became a little bit of a Larry defender because a lot of people wanted to take shots at Larry just because they could. Kind of, he was older, he'd been around for a while, they kind of wanted the new sexy thing or whatever. Um, Larry Rothschild was not the sexy thing? Well, I mean, the head of hair, you'd kill for Larry's hair. Oh my my God, in a second. Yeah. (laughs) Don't, a second, right now. I'll him. have his hair in two years. <laughs> yeah, he's on a fast track. <laughs> what, um, I, I think something that's going to help Matt Blake a lot that I think would also help Larry Rothschild was Garrett Cole, um, who the Yankees signed in this offseason. And we got to see him live today, and it was honestly incredible. Well, Wasn't that cool? In, in, 
Incredibles. Incredible for spring training. Dial it down a little. Incredible for spring training. He was doing live pitching. He was intense. Um, just like a laser. He was pitching in spring training like you'd expect someone to be pitching in the postseason. He was punching his glove. He was grunting. He was doing all of it. What's, I mean, all the Yankee fans here obviously want to hear about the $324 million man. Did I get that right? I have no idea. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's a lot yeah. of case, though. Once you but get past he's earned it. it. I've got no problem yeah. with it. Yeah, after $300 million, you know that. Close. Um, but what's, what's been the Garrett Cole experience for you, and like what, what have you seen, and what I guess what have you expected and seen, or what have you not expected? I didn't know what to expect coming in. You know, I, I, it, it's funny, for a guy who is, was second in the Cy Young race, I didn't really know that much about him personally, other than that he was a really good pitcher. And so I've been very interested to get to know him a little bit. First of all, he's fascinating. Like, this guy talks to everybody. He is talking to all his teammates constantly. We watched him throw his first bullpen session, and then he takes five of the coaches and Boone aside, and he's breaking down, well, this is a fastball, and this is why I wanted to do this and with that. And it's, it's like, dude, it's the first day. Calm yeah. down. Like, but this is what Garrett Cole is all about. He's like a professor of pitching. And, like, he lives for this. I mean, he's got other interests, too. We talked to him a little bit today about uh, wine. You know, my buddy Pete Caldera is here. And we talked to him about uh, his kind of what wine should we be drinking. You know, he's into very European wines. He doesn't oh. like the uh, the Sonoma yeah. Napa stuff. Same. So Wow. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I get that. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I've been, he's, he's really um, just an interesting guy, I think, um, one of the brightest players I, I think I've been around. I, I think I can say that pretty safely at this point, just in terms of the way he sees the game, uh, the game plan he goes out there with, and um, he, he knows kind of every angle of what he's trying to do out there, and obviously it's working for him. I think um, this is a guy who was groomed to be great. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody during the winter meetings who was a high school teammate of his, and when he's a sophomore or junior in high school, he would be in the trainer's room, and people would come in with cases of baseballs for this guy to sign because they knew he was going to be great. And so from a very early age, um, this was his destiny. And I think that, uh, no, he finally made it to the Yankees too. Jake said that the other day, like, I think it was on a show. I don't know if it's released yet. Like, this guy achieved almost everything besides the World Series right now, like, he got drafted by the Yankees. He wasn't the first overall pick. He said, nope, I'll go to college because I want to be the first overall pick. He gets that two years later. He goes, uh, did he win a Cy Young? Has he won a Cy Young? He no. has not won a yeah, Cy so Young. So, so, so he, that's probably on his list of goals. Should have last year. But should have last year, for sure. Um, it's an opinion. No, it's a fact. Well, okay. Blame the guys who voted. Uh, I, yeah. I'm one of them. What anyway, I then he gets, like, he's the highest paid pitcher in the history of baseball. On, so the, he's, on the team that he idolized as, as a kid. kid. And, and the way where I ended up on that conversation was... His 10-year-old dream board is, like, coming true. He seems, Mine hasn't. He seems so... What was on your 10-year-old yeah, dream Yeah, that's board? actually a great question. Shortstop for the Yankees. Yeah. Yikes. I don't see it. No. Your parents I, should have taken that dream board right down. The problem was... You never I wasn't good at baseball. Ooh. And the height thing and kind of lack of uh, drive and Weight, effort and work ambition. Work yeah. like all of it. Yeah. Um, I was saying that Garrett Cole, and it's kind of to what you started with, is that we didn't know much about Garrett Cole. We, we saw him be lights out, and, yeah, he's got a crazy fastball. Slide, you don't want to face him. I know I that. Feel, 
And, and maybe it's just being tied into the Yankees' world, but we've seen more of his personality. But I also feel like he's extremely comfortable. Like, everything Jimmy just said, like, he just had a kid. He just signed with his childhood dream and for 10 years. Like, this is, this is where Garrett Cole's going. And he just, in interviews, he seems so confident and comfortable. And like you said, he dives into stuff. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. I asked how the session went, <laughs> Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. Not how your fastball's tailing today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, and even today, we asked him about that, and you're throwing to teammates, and it, it looked great. I mean, he was popping them in. Yeah. That was impressive. You know, there's not too many times that I go back to that field two, and I'm watching guys face live batting practice. It's, it's creepy just, field. You're just trying to get it. You're trying to get through it without getting hurt. But this guy... He is grunting. You're right. He, every pitch is, ugh. Like, I mean, he mattered himself when he threw a ball. The Could you do that again into one, the mic? One more time, everyone, please quiet uh, down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> everybody leave. <laughs> I have a question. But here's, here's one other thing that happened. So you guys didn't see this from where you were, but Cole and Higashioka come off the field after the first inning, quote, unquote, and Cole is just rapid fire talking the whole time about, hey, why did you call a changeup in this count? Like, I mean, why did you do this here? Why didn't we work more inside to that guy? Uh, maybe, you know, what did you think of the sequencing here? And it's like, you, it's March, it's February 18, and you're facing Glaber Torres on the backfield. I don't want to see this guy in game seven of the World Series. Yeah, like, he was shaking Higgy off. Level. Yeah, I felt yeah. so bad for Higgy. He's catching him for the first time. He's getting shook off by Cole. Then he's got to call balls and strikes. Mm -hmm. He called one borderline pitch a ball, and Garrett Cole was like, where'd you have it? And Higgy's I mean, like, oh, shit, man. Like, it, is early, it is early in spring training, but for this guy, it's regular season already, and that's what I took away from that. So we wow. talked about how Boone leaned on Larry, and now we think there's this whole crew of new coaches that are going to lean on Boone. What pitcher that's been on the Yankees is going to lean on Cole with all this info and all this chatter and all this talk? Like, who do you think is going to gravitate to him and learn and use it? I can see the younger guys doing it. I, I think that, you know, Tanaka's obviously established enough that he's probably not going to. Severino, I think, could. Uh, Severino could absorb some of that. Jay Happ was a teammate of his in Pittsburgh, so I think there's a wow, pre-existing relationship there. So, uh, But I don't think Happ is going to learn from Cole necessarily. <laughs> but I can see, like, a Imagine guy. Imagine him trying. Throw harder. Right, just throw Garrett, 98 I've been on the block. But Why don't you do that? for five years. Yeah. Um, I think a guy like a Jordan Montgomery could definitely learn yeah. something of the mental part of the game. You know, I, I think that uh, that's definitely the kind of pitcher that you'd want to see kind of soaking in those things with Cole. And um, in the clubhouse, just, I mean, the last week or so, you see pitchers gravitating toward Cole's locker. And that's kind of the gathering place now uh, for these guys. That's who awesome to, to hear. Who want to talk more about... Uh, the, the inside baseball stuff, for, for a lack of a better term, of what they're doing out there on the mound because Cole really does go out there with a purpose. He knows what he's doing every single time. So, like, after today's uh, live batting practice, yeah, and in the scrum, they say there's Cole, and Ottavino was also pitching in Sessa. Say, Cole, how'd you feel today? And he gives you, like, 30 minutes of details. <laughs> Is it fun to then turn to Sessa and be like, How'd you feel? And Sessa's like, oh, no, good. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do what he just did. Yeah. No, Cole is definitely at a different level. And, uh, yeah, you ask, you volley up the, uh, the simple, hey, how'd that go for you? And you get a long response, more than, more than you need for a short news story. But it is fascinating to hear him kind of expound on it. it I think I use the term pitching professor, and that's kind of what I think. He is at a different level than... A lot of the other guys that I've covered over the years, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. We, 
You got it. You I was going to totally pivot to okay. offensive side. So if you have a more cool Yeah, no, thing. that's kind of where I was going. Wow, we're a good team. Nope. Um, I, I was going to say we, we've kind of pivoted ourselves from we, – we did spring training bingo last year, and it was – uh, just all the generic stuff, like best shape of your life, balls coming out of his hand Working real on well. a changeup yeah. or third pitch. Just all, all of those. We've kind of gotten away from those. We've heard a lot of it. Is, is there anyone, though, that truly jumps out that you came to this spring training and you were like, Clint put on a little me? Um, and, you know, Andujar just looks really good. Has, has there been any of that moment yet? Andujar looks better in the outfield than I thought he would. Okay. Um, I think that that's actually something that could work if they want to go that way. Interesting, because we had this conversation at winter meetings, and the three of us were in agreement that if they put him in the outfield during spring, it would be more for a showcase idea than actually Yankee Stadium left field. Uh, Jake's kind of changed on that. It's the it's – the time of eternal optimism. So we're all kind of like, hey, he can do it. But have you changed a little? Do you I'm not running for president, so yeah, I can flip-flop. Yeah, uh, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's natural to flip-flop. Yeah, no, I think that Andujar, I expect him now to be on the team this year. Mm-hmm. I, ex- I think that if he hits in the Grapefruit League, he'll be on the opening day roster. I think there's a place for him on this team, especially I think it's uh, what has impressed me is how willing he's been to – uh, as he said the other day, you know, I've been in the Yankee organization for eight, nine years, and I've been a third baseman, but I'm willing to try this. I want to yeah. I want to be on the major league team. I want to go to New he York. He saw Gio make some plays last year, and he was like, ah, I can't do that. Gio's special. Gio, <laughs> Gio's good. And, um, yeah, I don't get those numbers that say he's a bad defensive third baseman because that's just silly talk. Don't. Um, yeah. So I'm anyway, having a nice night. But I think, <laughs> I, I think that um, – Look, I think if you can play third base, you can probably play first. I think Andujar can can handle that. Um, And I think he's been better in the outfield than I thought he would be. You still got to see it in game action, but I've been impressed so far, and I think he can do that. All right. I have two offensive questions, and they don't relate to each other, so I'm hogging all the rest of the Two offensive questions. Offensive questions. They're offensive to me. Yes. Yes. When did you go bald? No, I'm just joking. Um, (laughs) Junior year of high school. I went gray, sophomore year of high school. Junior year of high school, I was in Dr. Febris' chemistry (laughs) class, and (laughs) kid next to me, uh, the girl, said, uh, hey, you're losing your hair a little bit. I said, Bullshit. I am not. <laughs> I am not. Yeah. No, really. You should check so, your eyes. Can I go to the bathroom? I got to go look at something. Swiped oh, it right are off. Are you kidding? Oh, no. What is this? Uh, so anyway. All right. Did well, you have a real question? I did. Well, are you, you are a phenomenal John Sterling impressionist. Well, I, I thank you. <laughs> I thank you, John boy. Something dawned on me today. We have no new offensive players that may get a new home run call. Am I wrong? I was trying to think, like, who well, could they, I be excited about to be like, oh, what's his call going to be for that guy? But right. they didn't bring anyone in new. Cole was the big yeah. free agent signing, and everything else was a re-sign. Brett Gardner. And, yeah. Yeah, wow. Potential third-string catcher is what I got. Ionetta. Kratzy's hit always oh, two for two with the dub, two doubles. Kratzy, Ionetta, totally. What's Kratzy going to be, the, the Kratzy kid? Mennonite Masher, he wouldn't do that, but that's awesome. Kratz and Jammer kid, yeah, yeah he'd make it up tough. on the spot. Yeah. Kratz all folks, Kratz oh. all folks, do it in John Sterling's voice now. <laughs> There'll be a two-one to Kratz. The pitch is hit in the outer deep left. Man is high, man is far, man is gone. It's a two-run homer for Eric Kratz. 
congrats all, folks. <laughs> and the Yankees take a 5 to nothing lead. Yeah. It's perfect. I like it. We'll just play that on loop. There you go. John, he got his hands on side of that fastball. No, My no. other question for you is, Jake and I have been doing this in our mini episodes that we do, and uh, like you said, we reserve the right to change your mind at any moment. Who's your starting uh, 25 for going into opening day? Just the, just, the, just the bench, just the bench. We have the bench. 26. 26. 26. We have the four-man bench, right? Has to, has to be a four-man bench. And who's your triple-A roster, double-A roster, <laughs> class A? We got Tolly and I. I need your top 30 uh, back Jake, Jake yeah. and I, I think, both have Wade, Ford, Higgy, Talkman. With Anduhar's okay. DH and John I kind John of figure Talkman's a starter in left field, but yeah, I see where you're going with that. So then, um, then you would have Stan we, as we DH. Feel, we right. feel like the true discussion is Talkman in left field or Anduhar DH. And okay. Stan in left, yeah. Yeah, I think Thoughts. Stan is going to get mo- most of the reps at DH is, is just the vibe I'm getting from, from Boone here. Um, I think they like the idea that Stanton is capable of playing left field, but they don't feel the The guy played 15, 18 yeah. games last yeah. year. Plus postseason five. I mean, you want to keep him on the field. Like seven year commitment. Prove too. you can stay healthy. And so I think the idea is great. Can you play the outfield a little bit? Okay, cool. You're the DH. And so I think that's where they're going to go with this. And um, yeah, I think that Andujar is on the team in my mind right now. Wade is on the team. Higashioka is the backup catcher. The Ford versus Clint's the last spot. Yeah, and I think that uh, I like Ford's left handed bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a place where Clint's going to get the at-bats, so do I want him to sit on the bench and potentially have his confidence hurt more? Yep. Uh, or to go down to AAA, rake, and be ready for a call-up when inevitably one of these guys is going to get hurt. And yeah. so I think, I mean, I hate saying it because I know everybody wants to see Clint at the big league level, and if he's going to be, you know, it's the whole play me or trade me thing. I don't see how he makes the team without an injury here. And I don't want him sitting on the bench as a fifth outfielder. Yeah, if we're being very honest with ourselves, there will be an injury in this month. Well, I mean, see, yeah, this, yeah. this and is silly talk because in two weeks we're going to, you know, Clint's going to be the starting left That's fielder. That's what we yeah, do. Yeah. And we, sports radio. We yeah. talk for no reason. We, we did uh, Clint's player profile and projection, our PPPs. Has that been released yet? Uh, I don't think it has. Does anyone know? I don't you're gonna, think you're gonna give us spoilers away. It's here. recorded, um, but we, you know, we, we have a reputation of not being huge Clint fans. We don't like some of the antics. Why? And that's all we'll say. Why? I think I'll speak for Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna speak for me now. Yeah. Um, Go on. No, because this is where. That's you, why I was gonna speak. Yeah, for you. you speak for me because I'll say I, something I think that's mean. Clint is one of the first young players that we have looked at. And he's the first millennial to done pinstripes. There's you don't the have cleat stuff, You're the, the antics. Yeah, we, we don't have to. But we, we've gotten almost a Clint haters reputation. Okay. We, we root for guys in cr- pinstripes. We're rooting for Clint. He's super talented. The bet, our, our nicest He's compliment, we call him, is we, Jimmy calls him the glitch. His swing, his, his, swing, his swing, it's like you're missing frame rates when you watch it live because it's so quick. But for, for any of the critique he's gotten, whether defense or whatever it may be, he, it's it, over the past two years, he has, there's been a time when we've said, we need Clint Frazier, and he's run into injury. He had the concussion yeah. stuff two years ago, yeah. and then last year it was, what, sliding back into second base, and he got hurt, and he yeah. was hitting, like, third or cleanup, and he was raking. Yep. Um, so I do think 
um, you know, it, it's where sports meets luck and timing and everything that there has been time the past two years that we've needed Clint Frazier. There will be a time this year, and hopefully he's healthy and ready to go because I think he's going to have a tremendous opportunity. Okay. You like that? That was good. That was, that was fair. That was, was, was fair. That was he fair. also needs to catch the ball. Like his offense, is, his swing's great. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the Sunday night game against Boston was egregious. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I, I do wonder how much of that was related to the concussion. and Because coming up through the minors, it was always Clint Frazier has, you know, legendary bat speed, and he's going to be great, and this and that. But nobody was ever like, but, you know, he can't catch the ball. It was, I, it that was wasn't like, part it was, of it. it, was, it was, well, he was fine. As he soon was, as he came to the Yankees, they removed him from center field. The Indians had him yeah. as a center fielder. As soon as he came, the Yankees were like, Neh. Well, he's not a center fielder. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but it was never like, wow, this guy is going to kill you defensively. No, so no. I wonder Last year was different. Then. That was different than the Clint before he ran to that fence in Bradenton. And so I, I hope he comes back from that and can be. I heard he was hitting bombs yesterday and today. That's the scouting report we've got, that Clint was the biggest show the last two days. I, I do think here's one thing that follows Clint's whole career. He likes having that chip on his shoulder. He likes proving people wrong. And I think that, uh, look, he's out to, to kind of give a big F you to everybody this year and say, hey, you doubted me. I, I am a big league player. And so uh, I don't know what the path is for him to get big league at bats, but I do think if, if he stays in the Yankee system, he'll play a part this year. Yeah. What about the fifth starter role? Montgomery's my, my favorite right now. He's I, in, right? Why are they acting like it's not his? Well, he's still got to get through the next five I mean, weeks. if he's healthy, he's, I don't yeah. – I didn't understand when they said it's Davey and they named all these guys that it's most certainly not going to be. What if he goes out there and can't get anybody out? Like, do you nah, still I give didn't. it to him? Do you know he's got the highest release point in MLB? I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I'm teaching you stuff. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Tell you, Susan. Your wild stuff. <laughs> that, uh, that's, that's some weird, wild stuff. Um, you know, I think that uh, Montgomery's got the track record. Uh, what he did in 2017 and 18 before the injury, if he can kind of replicate that a little bit. You remember uh, a couple years ago in spring training, we weren't even talking about this guy. No idea who it was. No idea. And, and I had not talked to him for maybe three weeks of that first spring training. Then he went down to Port Charlotte, pitched against the Rays in a game that was on ESPN and just shoved. And it was, oh, we better find out who this Jordan Montgomery is. He's going to be a guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at what he's done. What are you looking for from the fifth starter? I think that he would be a, a great fit there. I don't think Davies Garcia is going to uh, get the nod just yet. I mean, there's, there's more development. He needs a lot of time. There's more development that needs to be done there. So uh, I am looking forward to watching him pitch. I want to see him face some big league hitters and see what's there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Montgomery – that's my guy. That's my pick right now. Jake do you, do hates you, him. Do you think Sessa... Jake hates I don't hate Why? Monty. He compared him to Andy Pettit a couple years ago, and well, I was like, chill out, dude. Left-handed gets out of gets out of situa- jams really yeah, well. Let's yeah. see a little more body of work. Um, do you think that Sessa or Luizaga or those guys are real competition? Like, if, if Monty struggled this spring and they showed out, do you think it is a conversation? Because I think that's more Jimmy's point is if Monty's there, he's throwing and the yeah. stuff looks – he's kind of earned that. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to your thoughts if you think that's a real conversation or if it's hogwash. Well, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in <laughs> the middle. How about that? Um, I, I think that you can always have the option of – 
building Sessa up as a starter or building Loisaga up. Don't do it. Just leave Sessa in the bullpen. I, I think that's what's going to happen in the end. They were two years late on that. They finally got it I called right. Cashman, uh, we, we got the James Paxton news, and that kind of came out of nowhere. We didn't know about that. And uh, I, I said, so what does this do for your fifth starter race? And he's rattling off the names. And you see a Montgomery and Garcia and Loisaga and uh, Michael King and, uh, and Luis Sessa. And I said, Sessa, what? And he goes, yeah, why not? And I said, well, you know, and I, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, no way that Luis Sess is going to be the fifth starter. But uh, and he says, why not? We build him up every year as a starting pitcher, and then he winds up in the bullpen. But we do this every year. And I said, okay, that's fair. It's uh, just so habit. He's there. He's there. Uh, he's there as an option. And, uh, you know, I think he gets an undue amount of uh, flack from the fan base. I think he... He actually had a pretty good year last year. Good year like, last what are you year. looking for from the twelve, uh, the eleventh or twelfth guy on your pitching staff? I well, mean, they finally used him right, and he was good yeah. last year. A lot of times he's coming in where it's the game is slipping out of reach, and you're asking him to just kind of soak it up and not uh, not let it let the horse get out of the barn. Right. And I think he's done a pretty good job there, and you can have a good big league career doing what he's have doing. Have you ever let a horse out of a barn? I have not. I well, I rode one out of a barn once. Yeah. 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 Horseback riding. You're giving me your lying no, face. No, I point, <laughs> I've, I've, I've ridden a horse before. Okay. Outback, Australia. At the so steakhouse? In your face. No, I lived in Australia for two years. We rode horses once. Oh. But we didn't oh. start in a barn, so I lied. <laughs> anyway, um, I had a question. Do you think it's fair or unfair to totally judge Matt Blake on what, how lasagna does? <laughs> First, I have to decipher what you just asked <laughs> So is it fair to judge Matt Blake on what Jonathan Loisaga does? Yeah. Yes. Guy throws 100. He's got a crazy slider. All the crazy arm talent in the world. Up. Crazy changeup. He's got three plus plus Matt pitches. Blake is uh, the new pitching coach. Like, hey, make that guy good. Yeah. So I think it's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if, what if 12 guys on the staff are great and Loisaga is the one that's not great? Then I think it would be unfair to judge Matt Blake solely on. I agree but with I, you. Okay, I, we all I agree. That, look, uh, Jonathan Wise guy, I think projects better as a reliever. Um, I don't really see him as a starter. You haven't seen the durability yet, and so yeah. um, look, you've seen flashes of what he could be. But I think that they're better off focusing on him as a reliever. And I think that he'll, um, if he's not in that bullpen, he'll be down probably starting in AAA to get his stamina up. But I, I think. As a major league pitcher, he's probably in a really pretty He's a guy that should talk to Cole. Everything CeCe said on R2C2 was that he loved Luizaga's makeup mm-hmm. and his mental um, mindset on the mound and attacking hitters. Yeah. So it seems like he's a guy that maybe could feed off Cole really well. I could see that a little bit. I, I think what's important to remember with Luizaga is one organization has already given up on him because of injury problems, the Giants. And yeah. so that's why he's in the Yankee system right now. Um, so really the most important thing, and I mean, you say this about every single guy, but got to stay healthy. Got to yeah. prove it. And last year, he had an opportunity, couldn't stay healthy. And, I mean, he wasn't alone. 30 guys went on the yeah. injured list. But um, And that's that's my big question for this year. Can it be better? It can't be worse, can't right? Can't be worse. And so – Can't be worse. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll all cry. Yeah. yeah. Will you? Will you no. Literally no. cry. I only do happy tears, but I do those a lot. Were you worried when Judge – didn't take BP on the first day? No, no, I wasn't. And everyone blew up my Twitter, like, worried. Cool. And I was like, hey, this is fine. 
It's February. Yeah. <laughs> he cannot take BP because he doesn't want to, and I'm fine February with it. February 18th. The, the goal is be ready for March 26th. Like, yeah. we've got plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Can call, you, call off the fire alarm. We're okay. Can you can you give a – I think we're going to take a couple questions. Yeah, we're going to do a yes, please. Can you uh, – before we do that. talking to you guys. But first, us, we're going to read this paragraph from you. We're going to read this paragraph. No. Uh, give us – he's going to start reading, so I'm going to cut him off. What – um. Give us a hot take. We we need something for the people. We need we need Instagram clips. We need content. Oh yeah. So like, what's 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 something that you feel? I open to the really good part. Maybe uh, off the record, like Anduhar thirty homers or some <laughs> some something you feel that you're just like, yep. Okay. I said this at lunch today. And okay. With lunch guy, takes. And I was saying, who will lead the 2020 Yankees in home runs? And you got some pretty. Fair choices here with Judge and Stan. Those are the obvious ones. Glaber. That's my choice. Yeah? Because I think Judge, I, I, I'd love to see him get 500 plate appearances, but, you know, track he's record. I mean, he's got to do it. Stanton wasn't even close last year. Glaber Torres will lead the Yankees in home runs this year. That okay. is my fearless prediction. I'm going with that. You know who agrees with you? Zips. Gary Thorne. Projections. Gary Thorne. <laughs> Zips Projections has Glaber hitting 42. Wow. And we don't know what ball we're getting this year, so I feel a little, uh, what's the term, sad or... Here's uh, something for I, I feel like uh, sympathetic to Glaber because I think, how many did he hit last year? 38? 30? Yeah, something like that. With the juice ball, Ooh. if they are unjuiced, people are going to expect 40 because everyone just wants you to do better than the year before. Uh-huh. And if he hits... 35, I think Yankee fans... 30. Even if he hits 30, I think Yankee fans are going to be like, ah, he hit 38 last year. It's like, oh, we're judging him against different balls. Here's it's something so for you. First round of batting practice yesterday, Gardner hits a ball to right field that, you know, dies on the warning track, and he turns around and he says, that would have been a home run last year. And I don't know if he was joking or not, but no, maybe, Gar- maybe Gardy the ball la- is fixed. Gardy last year with, like, an interview with Meredith, like, after a game when he hit two homers, he was like, well, we got a different ball. <laughs> it's like, right away. Yeah, it's like hitting a titleist. Yeah. yeah. I opened up to the, the page in this book. Burnett ultimately convinced Robertson to get into the pool. I'm not going to give away the story, but Ooh. there was a big pool party in 2009, and D-Rob was a rookie, only owned one suit. <laughs> Everyone jumped into the pool with their suits on. D-Rob was the only one like, uh-uh, not me. And that's that. So go get that book and read a lot of fun he was stories pissed. like that. He was pissed. pissed. He, was one pissed. Suit. he was pissed 10 years later when I asked him about it. Uh, last year or two years ago. No, last year. Um, tri- uh, Target Field Clubhouse, yeah. I was I asking Robertson about that. about that. And, you know, Dave Robertson was kind of happy-go-lucky. And this was A-Rod's big pool party in July, his birthday, 2009. And, um, yeah, everybody's getting in the pool, and D-Rob did not want to get this suit off. He's got a $3,000 suit that Alex Rodriguez bought him. He's a rookie. He's got no time in the big leagues, doesn't know what his career is going to be, and he's not going to jump in the pool with all his clothes on, and um, he's pissed. And, uh, you know, I'm talking to D-Rob, and we're talking about 09. He's happy, and then I ask him about that, and his face just went <laughs> black, basically. And he said... I don't think it was funny then, and I don't think it's funny now. <laughs> I was like, whoa, like you're still pissed at A.J. Burnett for throwing you in the pool. Decade <laughs> later. Damn. Yeah. Damn. All right, let's open it up to some questions. A couple questions. Are we, get, are we doing these? We might yeah. give away something in a little bit. Oh, we, gotta, we, we got giveaways. more giveaways. Okay. More giveaways. Is that working, Bill? Hello? Yep. You're good. Oh. Testing, testing. Who's got a question? Yeah. Line got a up. question, we can pass the mic around. Um, 
Feel free to ask anything you want. Come up. Come, Come on up. up. Yeah. So, outside of Tommy Canely, who is the craziest Yankee you ever covered? I think Swisher's got to be up there, right? Uh, I, they're kind of cut from the same cloth. I almost <laughs> feel like Tommy Canely is a, a Swisher light in a lot of ways. Um, Swisher was the original, like, oh, my God, bro, I can't believe, like, how much fun it is to be here today. I, I just saw him the other day at the, the minor league complex, and I said, hey, Swish, how's it going? He goes, oh, my God, man, putting on this uniform makes me feel good. I was like, <laughs> all right, man, you're, you, he's just always, I think we wrote about him as a human can of Red Bull, and I think that's a, the best description of what Nick Swisher is, was, uh, continues to be. I, he won't stop. I hope he never changes, man. Like, he won't. I, and, and I'll tell you, like, in that book, we, we talked to a few people. I think Michael Kay said that he and uh, Swisher kind of had it out because Sw uh, Kay called him something like a phony or something on the air, something like, oh, that's just Swish means Swish. And it turns out once you're around that guy for a long enough period of time, you realize you can't fake it for that long. Right. That's just who you are. And I mean, that, that's Nick Swisher in a nutshell, man. Like, he's just, he's a 12-year-old kid. Every day is his 12, 12th birthday. I love Nick Swisher on Old Timers Day. He yeah. just soaked it up. It yeah. was awesome. That was cool. There I loved go. watching Mariano hit that home run. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So I have a MLB question. Uh, with the Red Sox investigation taking longer than most expected, do you guys anticipate something greater than a fine as many did anticipate prior to the investigation? I'm just guessing. I think it's going to be less than what you saw for Houston. I think that, uh, yeah, I expect that to happen pretty shortly. I think Rob Manfred said yeah. that. They expect it by the end of next week. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot to it. I think that you've already seen the big guns fire there. But I, the fallout of Houston is just going to continue. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm kind of over it in a lot of ways. Like, I... I understand every single player wants to have their say, and because players are pissed, like yeah, they it, are it's pissed. good that players are speaking it's their great. mind on mics. That yeah, hasn't happened hey, in baseball. In, in, in years. my business, it's great that we're getting good quotes out of baseball players. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Um, but I think that once games start, we're going to kind of get away from the Houston thing a little bit. Uh, but they're going to have a miserable season. They really are. Yeah, and it's going to be brutal. I think that even if they go win the American League West and they, they win 100 games, they're, they're not going to have any fun doing it. Everywhere they go, they're going to just be hated and booed. And I, I don't know how many of their own fans are standing by them, how many won't, uh, what kind of uh, crowds they're going to play in front of. It's going to be fascinating. But uh, I think that you're going to see guys getting thrown at. Um, you're going to wonder if every hit by pitch was intentional. With that team, I, I just, you know, I don't think anybody in that division is going to beat Houston. They still got a great team, but I don't think it's going to be a fun year for them at all. No, it's not at all. But for the Red Sox, I don't, I don't think that it's going to be – I think it's going to be less. Yeah. The only thing is that they did get told, like, hey, you've been warned. So that might up it a little bit. But imagine if they punish the Red Sox more than – Houston now. What are they going to do? I mean, fire their won. manager? Yeah, that already happened. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the two interesting things, what Jimmy said, is that the commissioner gave them a warning, very specific, and then they went against that, which is basically spitting in the commissioner's face. And then the second thing, which I think this came out the other day, but a lot of people were saying, you know, in Houston, the players were caught red-handed. So everything they said, they said, and, you know, they had to tell some of the story. The Red Sox... 
I don't think they were technically caught red-handed or whatever they were caught doing. But either way, the players don't feel an onus to speak about it. So, uh, I again, forget where I hear, heard this, but I don't think the Red Sox players are really talking and being like, yeah, we admit to this, this, and this, like Houston did. Um, so I think that's really interesting because the way Manfred said in his press conference the other day was kind of like, <laughs> we're hoping they talk because right now we don't know what to do. And would that add up? Absolutely. <laughs> I also think what the Red Sox were doing, the Yankees were probably doing. Um, I mean, they were using the replay room to try and decode the catcher's signs. We know the Yankees were doing that before it was illegal. I would guess they kind of maybe kept doing it. I it's mean, a it, chance. I, I would think a lot of teams are doing what the Red Sox were doing. The only thing that makes them punishable is that they were the only team that had a warning and then kept doing it. No one else got warned. But I, that's, I don't, who knows? Uh, with the catcher switching to one down on one knee, have you seen any difference in Gary Sanchez's uh, blocking or just, you know, farm system down? Have you seen any difference in our catchers at all? Good question. Um, not a huge difference so far. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I know the ins and outs of catching the way a Tanner Swanson does. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you see the difference that he's down on one knee. And it's kind of like that old Tony Pena thing from back in the day. You used to see that. And, uh, you're really going to have to see it in game action. Uh, I mean, you can look great in drills. I mean, I've watched Gary uh, down on one knee, throwing the bases and stuff. But until you're actually – Catching a pitcher who's more unpredictable and, and watching, uh, watching him with that, um, you're not going to know the whole story. I think that uh, the whole idea behind this was to improve his framing because apparently that was very below average last year uh, because he was focusing so much on the blocking. So they kind of want to find a happy medium for Gary. It's always going to be hard for Gary. He's got the big body. Um, you know, he's an offensive catcher. And, and I feel like across town you saw this with Mike Piazza. He was always... Uh, you know, it was the throwing with Mike, but with Gary, it's going to be the blocking and the framing to some extent. He's he's never going to be great. I mean, Kyle Higashioka is a, an elite receiver. Gary, yeah. Garrett Cole was talking about him today, and just raving about how good Higgy is behind the plate. But that scares Hig me. But Gary Cole had a had a personal Mark Maldonado, sure. Yeah. But Higgy doesn't hit like Gary does. You know, when when Gary's Not right, any catcher does. And exactly, and so you live with some of the bad to get that good. And when Gary's good, he's really good. Yeah. Just to speak more on it, um, we talked with Higgy, and that'll be coming out soon. And I don't think Higgy's doing the one knee thing. It didn't seem like he was I like, see nah, that today. Yeah, yeah. I'm good yeah. at he, framing. He, he had an interesting answer on it. He was like, we reserve the right to do whatever we want. <laughs> He's like, I'm good. That's always been my good thing. Ionetta was doing it. Gary's doing it. It worked for Garver. Uh, the other thing that they're going to try and do that the pitchers don't want is to have the catcher, and a lot of catchers do this now, is they hover their glove from the dirt, and they hover it up. Uh, and that is to steal the low strike. So if an umpire sees the catcher's hand go down to catch the low strike, he automatically thinks, well, he, that's low. So uh, Tanner's trying to get them to start low and come up to catch the low strike, and that gets you more calls on the bottom of the plate. So that's, there's two things Gary's working on now. It's that, but that is the pitcher needs to be receptive of that because they're so conditioned to throw to a target, and there's no target there. Um, so that's two things that the catchers at Tanner's trying to, like, work with them on this season. And who knows? Last year we saw Judge swing without a leg step or out of step or kick all spring, opening day, kick, gone. 
So Garrett can do this every single game of spring. Opening day, he could go back to normal. You know, but that's the idea Tanner's trying to get with Gary and bigger frame guys, harder to move, and that glove up instead of glove down. Boom. Good question. Thank you, Doctor. Yeah. I love catching. <laughs> I can tell. Hey, guys, I have a quick question. Um, the sim games were awesome to watch today. You know, <clears throat> as fun as it was to watch Garrett, I was really excited to watch Clark Schmidt, and we haven't talked about him a lot today. Uh, we're in a lot of, you know, a lot of projections, you know, high and low about him. I thought he looked phenomenal. I think Clint took him deep on a mistake. I mean, destroyed that ball, but. Clint paid him. Clint will do that. <laughs> where, where do you guys sit with him, thinking about Clark Schmidt? I, I was very impressed talking to Clark the other day. Um, you know, this is a guy who's very confident, seems to know who he is and what he wants to be at this level. And uh, look, he's only made it up to double a he touched double a last year but he pitched great for them in the postseason drive last year um I, I think that you know he talked about uh why he wanted to be in the the sec was he wanted those bright lights he wanted that kind of uh atmosphere around him and so he got that on some level in pitching for trenton last year and but the eastern league playoffs are not exactly what the world series and postseason are um, but he thought that that was a great stepping stone for him. He thinks he can make it to, to Yankee Stadium this year. Uh, I'm not going to bet against him just I based am. on you are. Just for that reason, there's two exceptions to the rule that Cashman has had. It's Johnny Lasagna and Jabba Chamberlain. Those are the only guys to go from double A to MLB. Any other pitching prospect, Cashman likes him to get almost a full year in triple A. So if we see Clark Schmidt, I'd expect it to be because there's a ton. of He's not in the 40 man either. That, so you yeah. have a lot of things that have to happen to see him actually crack the roster. Be a lot of injuries or September, um, but I don't think that's like a. I don't yeah. think that's a knock on his ability or his future. It's just for the most part, Cashman likes seeing a lot of AAA. The, the the forty man is easier to navigate than you think. I mean, yeah. Hicks still isn't on the sixty day. True. IL. Paxton. And I think Paxton also yeah, isn't on the 60-day IL, very which, true, which you true. could do pretty easily. So you can navigate that. Probably throw uh, a catcher on there, though. Prospects are crazy. I mean, how, how did Clark Schmidt technically jump Davey Garcia, who was 20, the youngest player in AAA last year? And he's, Clark Schmidt is now the Yankees' top prospect, which, you know, Yankee world is crazy. We, Gordon part, who? One of the side <laughs> Who said? Uh, I think it was the MLB top prospect list. I think Clark Schmidt's number one. They've got Davey one. I think it's Clark. No. We'll, we'll check Agree the Agree to disagree. But anyway, uh, but yes, I, I think that uh, Clark Schmidt, uh, he'll probably start the year in Trenton. I could see him at, in AAA, and once you get to AAA, I, I could definitely see him getting to the show. And, and, so, and the whole conversation we had about Johnny Lasagna. I yeah. mean, if you're any of the young Yankee pitchers, Matt Blake, Matt Blake, is the new guy in charge. <laughs> and if you can impress him and catch his You've eye. Got that spin well, they're buddies. Oh, they're, they're buddies. They knew each other before. Right. Um, Thank you for the question. Why we only not? Have, I only have mediums here. Would that would, is that <laughs> worth it for you? <laughs> we got some Roosevelt stuff we can throw you to. It's just not in front of me. All right, what's up? Okay, before you guys were talking about how the Yankees haven't had any bats, could you guys see any moves before the season starts? Maybe a small thing like a Scooter Jeanette signing or any trades no one's talking about? How is Scooter Jeanette still out there? Because he had a he had really, a bad really year. bad year. Yeah, he was, but, but nobody's going to even let him come to camp. All-star year the year before, yeah. yeah you wonder what he's asking I, for, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I, I'm surprised about that. So I, I don't see any holes on this team, though. Like, where uh, – all right, let's say, for example, Scooter Jeanette signs tomorrow. Who's he taking the job of? 
Well, uh, Tyler Wade, I guess. That would be Maybe? so mean to do that twice in a row. But yeah. we did this. Jake and I did this on some episode where it's like, all right, in February, how many years can we go back where the, they didn't add someone in March? Yeah. And the last three years. Hey, you talked to your guy right here tonight. Mikey T. Talkman, yeah. Neil Walker last March. Uh, then there was someone, Cosma, or someone. They Pete Cosma. They added. So, yeah. like, three years in a row, they have here? added a guy. He was not the nicest guy in the room. Wow. wow. No. 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 That takes something for you to uh, say Or the best. I uh, know. He wasn't great at baseball either. Woo. <laughs> 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 um, so, they've added a guy in March that has made the opening day roster three years in a row. Yeah. So, don't be shocked. I don't know who he, I don't know who they. I take. do remember vividly the day. Uh, I guess I'm going back a, a ways here, but Francisco Cervelli was going to be the backup catcher. That was just locked in, like we all expected. It, it was done, and then Chris Stewart trade happened the wow. last day of spring training. Like the boxes are being packed, and it's like, oh wait, Servi, yeah, you're not getting on that plane. By the way, you're going to AAA, and and he bawled at his locker. He cried. Yeah, I mean, he's had a great career, and yeah. he's had a long major league career. But that day, man, I felt bad for Francisco Cervelli. Like he thought. He was going to New York. I think he had an apartment set up and everything, and then it was like, boom, Scranton. It was Wade last year. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. He was I, pissed. Some could yeah. rightfully so, I think. Could yeah. something happen? Absolutely. I, I think it would be more of a headline than what it does. I mean, so many of these baby bombers are coming to fruition. Nice you plug. like that? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, you, you could see someone like that because, I mean, Cashman will go for it. I mean, Cashman's not shy. It's, he's, he's out here to win. He's not necessarily there for feelings. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, if there is a year that he's not going to do that, I mean, it's now. I mean, even even in the back of the bullpen, like if someone like Chad Bettis, who's got, you know, an MLB career, if you're going to use him, use him. I, I Can't don't know. have two Chads. Can't have two Chads? Can't. That's fair. No. That's fair. Rules are rules. <laughs> yeah. Rawr. Yeah. Didn't they have another Chad last year? Uh, no. No? Can't have him. Chad Bowling. Can't have him. Curtis. Oh, Jack Curtis? Too soon. Yeah. <laughs> we have another question. Um, over, under, 100 home runs for Gary Ooh. Sanchez, Stanton, and Judge. Oh, the three of the them? Three. Oh, I was three wor- of them? I was worried you were going to just do the two because no, you can't the, the do that. Over. So over. simple math here. 100 divided by three is Brian? Over. 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 I think over as well. Uh, if Stanton's healthy, he's going to hit home runs. I th- think he'll be more healthy than last year. Even if it's half the season, that's probably like 20 homers, 18. He's He has a very good track record of hitting home runs when healthy. Same with Gary Sanchez. We're all going to say this the over. Goes aside, uh, it's a Yankees podcast. But Yankees podcast. I also said Glaber Torres was going to lead the team in home runs, so where does that leave me now? Well, 400 home runs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, What's fine. the record? Good. What was the record last year? Three oh eight, something like that. You know what it was? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Twins got it. Cool. Should get there. If everyone's healthy for a hundred games. And if <laughs> the baseball is the same as it was last year. I, with those guys, I'm not worried about it. No. Yeah, they don't have many wall scrapers. All right, so this one's probably a pretty quick hitter, but what is your favorite part about covering the Yankees, and then what's the most difficult or your least favorite? I love the guy. Oh. <laughs> no, no, you answer, please. Oh, you're good. Uh, my favorite part is, honestly, that everything I write, people care about. Like, there are just, there's so much attention on this team, and people care every single day. I mean, the, the worst thing in the world, I think, well, not the worst, but you know what I mean. 
I don't think anybody One wants of the to top one hundred. I don't think anybody world. wants to cover a team that nobody cares about and yeah. uh, that there's just no interest and uh, it's kind of you're, you're in the press box, you're working, you're you're trying to get this done, and you know it's not going to make a difference at all. And I know that whatever I file, whether it's Garrett Cole sim game or it's game six of the ALCS, there's going to be thousands upon thousands upon thousands of eyeballs on it. People are going to buy these books that I've been able to write. I mean, I wouldn't be writing them if, if nobody wanted to read them. And, and so that's the coolest part is just realizing how broad this fan base is. I mean, we're here in Florida. We've got this crowd out here tonight. Uh, people on a Wednesday night who just want to talk about the Yankees. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then what was the second part? Difficult part. <laughs> Difficult part. Uh, the competition, I think. Yeah, I think that uh, the fact that there's so many – good, talented people on this beat all fighting for stories and every nugget of information that's out there. And, like, I want – I get mad when I wake up in the morning, I read a story, and I didn't have something that George King has in the post or, or whatever. You know, I mean, that hurts. I, I want that in my stuff. And so that's the fight every single day. And, um, yeah, I think that every day is a challenge with that. Do you ever look at the Mets beat writers and get a little jealous of – because they have – Stories every day. Mets is a country club, man. Like <laughs> compared to the Yankees, like uh, yeah, no, I I can't honestly say I'm jealous of anybody over there. Yeah, that uh, I, I was telling somebody before, and, and you guys know with me, my first seven years I covered the Mets. My, the last game I covered on the Met beat was that Andy Chavez game in the 2006 NLCS. Uh, Carlos Beltran. You've probably yeah. seen the clip. Wayne, Wayno. Yeah, you've probably seen the clip. Whatever happened to Beltron, by the way? That was the moment he decided that he needed to know what was coming, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but that was my that was my last game dark. over there at Shea Stadium. and um, So, Wainwright's yeah. the source. Wow. That's yeah. his fault. I That that feels like 100 years ago. Like, I, I just, it's been all Yankees since then, and so I'm very happy being where I am. Yeah, for uh, Jake and I always say that, you know, to speak to what you said about how, like, Yankee fans are amazing. We're Yankees fans. If we were Reds fans, we wouldn't have a company. Yes. That's probably true. It's pr- very, very true. true. We'd no. have credentials and no audience. <laughs> and with the Yankees, our payoff is an audience but no credentials. <laughs> yeah. Fair trade. I think we got one or two more. Yeah. So I feel like last year's breakout star was Geo. Do you feel like anybody could have that kind of impact that's not on many people's radars right now this year? It's a little tough. I, we kind of talked about this because who who can do that? And there's not many options because we saw so many of them last year. Like I was thinking, who can get a new Sterling call? There's not. We heard them all. Like my answers would be Ford or Tyro, um, but Ford kind of did it last year, and we've seen uh, Estrada. So, but those would still be my two. I, and if Tyro Estrada is getting 400 plate appearances, you're in trouble. That's Jake's like, boy, you know. Yeah, I, okay, but still. I like, like Tyro. I mean, he's still young. This you're year, his biggest this year? fan. I love him. Besides, Besides his family and him. friends, I, you're I, his I, biggest fan. We're not going to walk away and say Tyro's got a 900 OPS and he ranked. Like, yeah. Ty- Tyro's solid, and I think he can fill in. And Gio was special. And it, like, that was special to watch. Like, where did that come from? On, on a lot of other teams, I, the Gio stuff is crazy. It still yeah. doesn't make sense. On a lot of other teams, Tyro Estrada would be highly appreciated and hopeful. <laughs> the Yankees kind of get to skip that. I uh, Not even because he was up here tonight, Jimmy will confirm that I've been on this, but when Mike Talkman settled in and was healthy, there was a month and a half where he was 
a top five player in baseball. Yeah. Uh, like Look at not, his July stats. Not Look a joke. That. Not like not really just stabbing at stats. Little butter Defensively, knifey. offensively, for a month and a half, he was awesome. And I think, like Brian kind of said, I just think the opportunity is going to be there, whether it's injuries or. Just look at what the Yankees value. Like, Andujar's going to get at bats, but they value defense, whether it's in left field or center field. And like he said with Stanton, uh, that guy's getting paid for the next seven years a lot of money, so I think they're going to DH him. I think Talkman's what he showed us on the baseball field last year, he can hit lefties, he can hit righties, he can play defense, play power speed. That's huge. I, I mean, I, I just think if he, if he plays 140 games, he's a guy that people <laughs> – maybe outside of this bar, would know. I think if they use Cesar right, he can be really good. Next question. <laughs> Hi, I'm a huge Tanaka fan, and um, I thought it was really super cool that um, Cole gave some great props to Tanaka yes, in his press conference. And um, Do you think, has there any been in, in any inner direction so far between the two? And if, you, if so, uh, what's happened? And what do you think they can learn from each other? And also, does Tanaka get tapped for a uh, home opener? Ooh. Uh, I haven't even looked at how that I did. Out. I did a lot of turkey math. <laughs> Jake, was, uh, what, so Jake was upset with me when I did it. Baltimore for three, Tampa for three. Is that yeah, right? With an off day or two uh-huh. off days. It depends if they go to I a four-man rotation. About that yet. Um, I had it lining up that Tanaka was the home opener. I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm happy Cole gets the first game, Tanaka gets the home opener. Right. Um, I'm um, fine with that. Uh, to answer your question, I, I think it's been more of a kind of – Cole watching Tanaka from afar so far. Um, you know, obviously the language barrier is there. Um, Tanaka actually speaks English much better than you think he does. Uh, okay. the, yeah, I was telling somebody before, when Tanaka and Gary have a conference on the mound, they speak English. And so, uh, which is kind of cool funny, to think yeah. about. They speak baseball. Yeah, it's kind of cool wow. to think about. So uh, Tanaka conversationally can, can keep up with Garrett Cole, I think. And so... The, the more they're around each other uh, this summer, that'll pro- that relationship will develop. But I thought it was very cool what Cole said because he has really carried himself as an ultimate professional since he got here. And I can't believe it's seven years now for Tanaka. How about that? Yeah. Seven years. Did you see his shirt? It's a great Tanaka shirt that we made. That's awesome. But it got uh, seasoned assisted, so it's a relic <laughs> now. Really? Yeah. yeah. How often does that happen to you? Not as often as it should. <laughs> <laughs> no one say anything. Okay. Call the cop. One more? One more, two more. Um, So I know that we're talking about current Yankees at the moment, but I'm just curious if you get any type of sense that Didi's presence is missed at all. Yeah, I think that in the clubhouse in particular, I think he was one of those guys that kept kept things loose. He was a fascinating guy. I mean, um, you know, he'd show you what he was working on on his digital imaging, and he'd made these movies and stuff on his computer, and... Um, I, I think that that part will be missed because it's such a long season for these guys that you need those kind of diversions to break it up. Um, you know, they're not all robots like DJ LeMahieu who w- just shows up, wants to play baseball, get three hits and go home and, and be done. So I think that it was cool that uh, Didi had all these off-the-field interests. I think he spoke something like seven languages, a very eclectic guy. Um, I think that part will be missed. Um, on the field, I think Glaber can handle shortstop. I think I like Glaber and LeMahieu up the middle. Um, you know, you, you can't keep them all. And that's, so an, that's an underrated storyline because uh, Cole's dominating everything. It's very early in spring. But Glaber going into a season, yeah. I'm the shortstop for the Yankees. I think will help with 
his headspace a lot, which I think most of his errors are, are mental lapses and simple errors and not skill-based errors. He, he might be someone that a, a good start to the season could be huge. Yeah. If, if he's playing well, they well do defensive. They open in Baltimore, don't they? They oh, do wow. open in Baltimore. Oh, wow, <laughs> Brian Hoke. Yeah. yeah. Five he's homers a, that first series. He's a pro. To mark it. To speak on Didi, um, I, I heard some scuttlebutt that Brian can confirm or not. It's up to him. That at the end of last season, he was a little less involved than he used to be. Less Didi. Less Didi, and I, who knows what was going on. There was an injury, and he didn't have his regular job back. Um, and, yeah. it, and I heard that, you know, nothing bad or terrible, but it was just maybe, you know, he was gone for so long, and this, that team was so new, and there was a revolving door of new faces that he didn't feel like it was his uh, spot anymore. So I don't think, like... I think if we went from 2018 to 2020, it would be like, whoa, where's Didi? Um, and I'm not saying this like in a mean way. Or I just think that last year was a, kind of a buffer for losing him to the fan base, too, in a weird way. And I love Didi. Well, I think, remember, he would not do his emoji pose until after the All-Star break. Yeah. And even though he came back in June. And um, the, the reason for that was he didn't feel like he was part of the team. And yeah. He rushed back from that surgery. Um, he was disappointed with the fact that he wasn't playing up to his own standards. And I think that that was a hard year for him. And, I, I you know, I think this is going to be a good year for him in Philadelphia. I, I do wish him well. I think he's going to do well playing for Girardi. I think that was a big part of it. But, um, you know, we talked earlier about Clint Frazier having a chip on his shoulder. I think Didi's got a little bit of that, too. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. Didi loves the idea of hey, you guys didn't believe in me because they didn't, they didn't try to, to re-sign him at all. No. Um, he even told Glaber at one point, he's like, get ready for shortstop. They're not re-signing me. And Glaber was like, yeah? And yeah, I think there was, there was like extension talks that yeah, so Yeah, they didn't go anywhere. And, so and that kind of set a sour taste for the whole I, I, I think last year was a tough year for Didi. I haven't talked to him about it, um, but just based on being around him, I, I don't think he had a whole lot of fun last year. And so, um, yeah, I think that they're looking for a fresh start now with Glaber. There's a, a weird personal side to baseball when you think about Didi being a leader, then Didi's almost not part of the team. And it's just absent. You, yeah, yeah you, you just forget that there's a personal, real per people side to this that, like, Mikey T, when I, when I talked about his story before, Mikey T in 24 hours didn't know if he was living in Albuquerque, <laughs> Denver, uh, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, or New York. I mean, nobody else has that moment happen in their life. All good choices. <laughs> all, good, all good choices for a timeshare. Yeah. I think we got last one. one last question. And then we'll yeah. give away some tickets to yes, stuff. Yes. We got a lot give of giveaways. Tickets. You know, talking about Didi, he left in free agency. There's some bigger names in um, LeMahieu and Paxton and others who are set to be free agents. Who do you think gets the big ex extension, and when do you think that comes? Wow, uh, fantastic save. I thought you were going to end us on a sour note there of who's <laughs> going to leave. Uh, who's extend, coming back? Extend DJ. Yeah. Right away. They don't – I mean, last offseason was a rarity uh, for Yankees fans like my age of extensions. Cashman never did extensions. He, extensions he did Severino. He did Hicks. Hicks. And I think he had a lot of uh, – uh, regret or remorse or buyer's whatever. What's the term? Buyer's, buyer's remorse. We're like, oh, crap. Maybe I did this a little too soon. So I don't know if they'll do it during the season or whenever. Well, um, we talked to DJ today, and he said there's been no discussions between him and the Yankees. That, that was the status quo forever. Which I am 
moderately surprised about that it hasn't even been broached. And I think that part of it is, look, he's he signed what? I think it was two years at 24, so 12 yeah. per year. Now, if you pay him based on last year, there's no guarantee he's going to be that again. Yeah. If you're the Yankees, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to pay him based on that if you're when DJ, you don't know what's coming sense. in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, that could be something that – Happens midseason, I suppose, but that's not really the Yankee mo anyway. I, I do kind of think they'll let him play through this walk year. And look, it's the Yankees; they've got the money. DJ has already said this is where he wants to play. He'd prefer to be here. Um, if DJ has a year like last year, plays up to those standards, and the Yankees decide this is our second baseman for the next five years, the money will be there. It's the Steinbrenners. They, you know, they just backed up Brinks this, truck for Garrett yeah. Cole. This is easy for me. Yeah. Everything you said about DJ is true. It doesn't make sense for the Yankees. It doesn't make sense for DJ. Because if he goes out and has another, what, six-war season or whatever it is, he should get paid paid. Yeah. The Yankees don't know. He doesn't know. Paxton, he's hurt. We'll see what happens. I mean, the extension really doesn't make sense. He probably wants to hit free agency. That's going to be his payday. I wouldn't do Paxton now. I, right. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you, you have can't. no idea. You can't. If there's a guy that has been reliable – and you can picture staying in pinstripes, it's Masahiro Tanaka. Well, don't would, end it. Would, don't either, would either of you be surprised if we, the end of spring training free agency contract that a lot of teams do, it's not necessarily the Yankees, but a lot of teams do, if Masahiro Tanaka signed a three-year, 20-per-year, something I'd, I'd like that. I'd be surprised. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I actually lean that he's not going to be Yankee anymore because I'm preparing myself You're for the sadness. You're just preparing yourself I'm for preparing sadness. Myself for that's sadness. your life. I'm picturing him in like a Reds uniform, and it's just so ugly. I don't see it. It doesn't look no, good at all. I don't it doesn't happen. All right, good. I don't He's think he wants to so they'll, go they'll anywhere. Re-sign he doesn't. D, they'll re-sign DJ, and they'll extend Tanaka, and that's final. I think the only way that you see Masahiro Tanaka in Cincinnati is if the Yankees decide we don't want you back. And I don't know what would have to happen for that. To well, they, they can't because they're going to lose Hap, they're going to lose Paxton, and yeah. then Tanaka, too. It's like, well, who's and the staff? That doesn't year? seem realistic to me. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. Should we it. give away some tickets? Yes. Yeah, we'll end the show, and then we'll do a giveaways. And thank you guys very much for coming out. Yeah, thank Claps you. Claps for Ryan Hoke. Claps for Ryan. Go Yankees. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. <laughs>